James and Jason McKittrick. Brought to you by CryptoCurium. Good evening, folks, and welcome to another edition of Learning Lovecraft. I'm your host, Jason McKittrick, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, the traveler on the path, Ken James. How are we doing? We're doing well. I wanted to get a little sensual there. I don't know what that was. Sensual? Yeah, how are we doing? Hmm. Well, some have described the story as a love story. Yeah, kind of seems to be. A little bit. A little bit. A little <laughs> obsession there. Yeah. Uh, and by this story, I mean Beyond the Wall of Sleep. By American weird fiction author H.P. Lovecraft, the focus of this podcast. Yes. <laughs> Not just this episode, this podcast. Yes, the whole thing. The whole thing. Why would we do this, you would say? Because Ken is uncultured and needs needs to know. I wouldn't say it's no, that. I say it's more of a, uh, like we said in the first episode, it was, uh, you know, we know where all these things come from. Yeah. Ken's a huge horror fan, so am I. And uh, to see where a lot of these things come from is amazingly most of these stories. Yes. And I have a humble spirit, so any chance to self-deprecate, I'll take. Yeah. Right? Yeah, absolutely. So only... It's only up after that, you know. Wise words, sir. And the thing is, you know, we're uh, we're, we're doing this, and and uh, yeah, like there's all these five dollar words I'm learning, and all, all mm-hmm. these things that are going around. But um, this story in particular, it uh, it got me out of my almost panicky of the last one. And you read them back to back, yeah. I did read them back okay. to back, and Polaris put me in a weird spot. And the the subject matter is similar, mm-hmm. but the telling of this one, I was like, okay, my feet were on the ground. Yeah, you know, I'm not, my my head's not spinning on, out of control right. because I have a clear baddie, a clear goodie, a clear guy <laughs> searching. You know, like it was. Did Lovecraft pull the good cop uh, bad cop thing? He on did. It? He did. And I was like, oh, thank. You. I'm back in my wheelhouse. Yeah. You know, he came uh, with a plate of donuts after that. Yeah. Go. And then there was like a spirit buddy cop movie halfway through. You know, like yeah. I was like, okay, whew, all right. I'm back in. <laughs> I'm back in. Uh, in my comfort zone. That's uh, that's wonderful. It is. It is. All right. So beyond the wall of sleep, uh, written in 1919 and first published in the amateur publication. Pine cones. Whee! In October 1919. Pine cones, huh? <laughs> yeah. Um, before we get going, uh, I want to do our little bibliography uh, section. We're going to be pulling from, as maybe almost every episode, uh, from St. Joshi, uh, I Am Providence, uh, Volume One, and an H.P. Lovecraft Encyclopedia, uh, also with David E. Schultz. And then also this week, we're going to be pulling from. Uh, glad I could pull from this book. Finally, it's the new annotated H.P. Lovecraft uh, by Leslie S. Klinger, and um, it's a great book. I want to. I want to just shout you out real quick. Mm-hmm. The amount of uh, work you do for this is it's it's inspiring. <laughs> I have and, a lot of books with a lot of sticky notes. In yeah, it. <laughs> but it, no, it's great. It's great to see because like we, you know we do our other podcasts and yeah. stuff like this, and we pull from the internet and stuff like this. But like the first time I walked in, we were getting reduced to going back in college, and I see him. <laughs> he's got his books. Jay. Jay's doing a lot of work on this, and I'm uh, I'm proud to be uh, led through the you know through this world by by your hand, sir. Thank you. As the traveler. <laughs> well, uh, hopefully uh, this is going to be a lot of fun, and uh, maybe I'm a little. Uh, hopefully, I'm the Doctor Frankenstein, and you'll be my monster at the end. Aww. You know, you know the ways to my heart. So. <laughs> you know, the, he knows the ways. High, pra- high praise, Jason. High, <laughs> high praise. praise. Uh, so yeah, so um, I, I, I think it's important that you did uh, pull that out. That this is certainly um, very di- similar ideas, but definitely different in tone and theme. And um, it's not definitely has its feet on the ground. I think right. that's that's an important distinction. So um, there's something that I pulled here from the um, from uh, Joshi's I Am Providence. Uh, Beyond the Wall of Sleep is Lovecraft's first quasi-science fiction tale. Quasi because the field of science fiction cannot uh, be said to have been in existence at this time. Right. Uh, and would not be for another decade or so. But the fact that the extraterrestrial entity in the tale cannot meaningfully be termed supernatural makes this story an important foreshadowing of those later works that abandon the supernatural altogether for um, what could be termed the supernormal. Alright, man. Uh... So the the terms extraterrestrial there. Yeah, I was going on the idea of dimensions. Okay, and that's fine. But yeah, but but okay. 
Yeah. I see what he was saying with extraterrestrial, and, and after reading the story, I can, I could see why that would be the terminology. Mm-hmm. And one good thing about this is you get a hillbilly to laugh at, <laughs> which made it, you know, which made it like after Polaris. I'm going to be honest, Polaris really did. Yeah, it, it hit a chord. Okay, it hit a chord, and it, it, once again, it's three pages, and you're like, how can this? Effect because what it does in your own brain. Sure. This one, I'm like, ooh, is this more of the same? No. And then I was like, oh, I get a, I get a hillbilly to 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 giggle at, (laughs) and uh, you know, a a nice, uh, uh, a guy who's in a low rank position, Uh uh, you know, and and then he brings out, he breaks out, you know, tools like and and devices. I was like, whoa, I I I, what this one? Yeah. I wasn't expecting that curveball. Yeah, because I'm thinking like just some science in there, right? And and the but also the pseudoscience of yes. like well, it's all pseudoscience. Sure, yeah. sure. But like I have the tool. I I fabricated this tools and like I'm picturing in my head, and I'm sure we'll get to it. But like yeah, it, it there was like little zany aspects to it that I was like, oh, okay, comfort. This is comfort, right? And me not just being in my head, you know, <laughs> thinking about why I dream, right? Right. Uh, so, yeah, so let's get into it here. Um, a former intern and a worker of a mental hospital uh, relates his experience with Joe Slater. Slater. Joey Slates. Yep. An inmate who died at the facility a few weeks after being confined as a criminally insane murderer. He done, he done that guy dirty. Yeah. Uh, he describes Slater as a typical denizen of the Catskill Mountain region yeah. who corresponds exactly with the white trash of the South. Yeah. So let's let's do this. Go. He wrote white trash. He did. We're not calling people white trash. No. This is in the in, in the book, but also the guy's white trash. Oh, I mean, it's 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 clearly he made him this way for a reason. For you know, when he's later on with him being the vessel for this thing, yeah. and so yeah, I mean, and uh, for whom laws and morals are non-existent, and whose general mental status is probably below that of any other Native American people. <sighs> Okay. <laughs> okay. These are the early stories. Yeah. Um, yep. It don't matter. Fine, fine, fine. <laughs> Although Slater's crime was exceedingly brutal and unprovoked, he had an absurd appearance of harmless stupidity. Quote, unquote. Think Lenny from A Mice of Men. Okay. Right. Okay. And the doctors guessed his age at about 40. During the third night of his confinement, Slater's had the first of his quote-unquote attacks. Uh, He burst out from an uneasy sleep and into a frenzy which was so violent that it took four orderlies to restrain and straitjacket him. Uh, I just wanted to pull the quote here from the story. Um, He says, At length, after temporarily felling one of his detainers with a sudden blow, he had flung himself upon the other in a demoniac ecstasy of bloodthirstiness, shrieking fiendishly that he would jump high in the air and burn his way through anything that stopped him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he did did say that. I, um... So that, at that point, right? So, in that point of me reading the story... Yeah. I'm like, is is this like the Human Torch? In another, like, I'm trying to like put my thought process in like what he's talking about, like jump through, yeah. And like, you're like, no, this guy's just like jumping and trying to say that he can fly. I was like, okay, man. Hey, man, they're probably used to it, right? Right. <laughs> um, so. For nearly 50 minutes, he gave vent to an incredible rant. The words were in the voice and couched in the paltry vocabulary of Slater, but the onlookers could construe from the inadequate language uh, a vision of green edifices of light, oceans of space, strange music, and shadowy mountains and valleys. But most of all, did he dwell upon some mysterious blazing entity that shook and laughed and mocked at him. This vast, vague personality seemed to have done him a terrible wrong, and to kill it in triumphant revenge was his paramount desire. In order to reach it, he would soar through abysses of emptiness, burning every obstacle that stood in his way. So we have an epic tale here. Yes. Right? Once again, pulls you out of the whatever Mm -hmm. your own, you know, thought process is. It's like, no, Mm -hmm. okay, we got a cool, almost superhero-like other side story here. Yeah. So this was almost like, it's like, he was like, I can do a comic book. You know, like that's what it it felt like. You know, I could do that. 
pre-comic book baby yeah right <laughs> but think about that yeah that's that that's that's where i kind of went i was okay. like huh interesting analysis okay. yeah he's like you know when i sleep i'm this yeah yeah this entity this this yeah light bearer and the idea that this like country bumpkin is mm-hmm. like speaking in words that he can't even understand yeah that's the coolest part yeah yeah that it's it's that you know clearly whatever it is is it's like still in his um it's still through his vessel so yeah. like it's through his instrument so it's yeah. coming out in this way but at the same time it's still like oh that's like it's like trying to play pl- trying to play an untuned guitar right oh yeah that's a good analogy I have some good stuff. Sometimes. You have lots of good stuff. <laughs> uh, the ranting stopped as suddenly as it had started. Uh, this was the first of what would become nightly attacks of a similar nature. Uh, the peripheral, otherworldly images of Slater's visions were different and more fantastic with each successive night, but always there was the central theme of the blazing entity and its revenge. So I, w- I want to talk about that. Okay. Right? So the blazing entity. Mm-hmm. Um, we do get a description of them when they're brothers in spirit and stuff like that, which yes. is, we'll get to. But, see, anything in my mind, and here's what I don't like about my imagination. Mm-hmm. If I'm thinking of a blazing entity, yes. like, it doesn't scare me because I can't think of something that's like, oh, a fiery thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just thinking of like a, like, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Like, and I'm trying to... to um, I guess change my imagination in the way of like what would be scary that that's this blazing entity. Mm-hmm. But the point that this guy or this spirit mm-hmm. that's you know in our boy Slater, mm-hmm. like it didn't take him out right. and he's still chasing it. Yeah, right. So like, I'm like, is this thing so scary because Slater's still alive and he's trying to take it on? Right. And he's recruiting other people. I, I, I don't know. Right. And and that's, once again, that's why, like, my anxieties kind of came back. Because I was like, hmm. I seen behind the curtain. Kind of, <laughs> you know? I, I think there's many curtains to see behind. I'm sure. There's curtains behind curtains. I'm sure. This one, I, I, I'm just like, I'm okay with the one curtain. Okay. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> but I'll but later on, when, once we get to conclusions, I, I want you to give me a depiction of what you're seeing as this blazing entity. Okay. Sure. Um, well, at the end. <laughs> uh, so the doctors were perplexed with uh, Slater's case. Uh, where, um, where did this backward man like Slater get such visions when surely um, illiterate? rustic guy uh how would he have any exposure to like um anything like fairy tales or yeah. like um fantasy tales yeah, or stories like read, obviously never read they yeah. don't have that out in, in his so they yeah so they kind of you get this idea it's like yeah like i mean it's you know <laughs> there's a funny part where they they try to tell you just how dumb this man is by how bad his teeth is a couple times right right yeah they focus in on that a couple times and then also um, the fantastic tales that he's telling, right? Um, then they fe- they realize that he's dying. Yeah. So it's like I remember the first time I re- oh god, maybe I don't remember the first time I read this, but I remember something that occurred to me. It was like right away, it was like whatever he's a vessel of is burning his body up. Right. He and can't contain whatever it is. There is a movie I can reference to this, but we'll get to that at the end. Okay. I, yeah. Yeah. I, I feel. Um. <laughs> So then we get to the part where this this undergraduate, uh, the intern, uh, he built a device for two-way telepathic communication, which he had tested with a fellow student with no result. So the Ghostbusters, you know, like it's yes. fabricating these, these uh, a tool, and it, and I love how he described it as like, oh, years ago, yeah, like years ago, I yeah. was working on this device, yeah, because of my own fascinations, and mm-hmm. like it's oh. You, the device you're working on was being able to, you know, use telepathy yeah. for another person. A cosmic radio, if you will. Right. And like, it's crazy because, like, you yeah. know, from what I know of Lovecraft and what I've already read, it's like, whoa, you're throwing in, you know, uh, uh, crazy devices. Yeah. But I'm a greenhorn, so I, I don't know. I, I don't know if there's many more of these in there. 
Yeah, there's there's more to come. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <coughs> I was just taken I was taken by surprise of like, oh man, he's he's using like tools and stuff. That's cool. Um yeah. Um so <laughs> and it kind of comes out of left field, right? Like yeah. you don't know like what? Yeah. Hey, by the way, when I was in college, <laughs> right? Well, because the way he's explaining it, right? So, like, he's talking about his position at the place. He's like, I'm a low-ranking guy here, mm-hmm. and it's like, okay, so if you're a low-ranking guy, but you have all this expertise in like mm-hmm. these things you're doing, it's like this guy's aloof. Like, like well, let's yeah. say that, and he becomes fascinated with with Mister yeah. Slater, yeah, and you're. That was the fun of it. It was it was yeah. me trying to like nail down what kind of guy this is, you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. And it, that, that it, it just made me smile. I'm like, so this guy's like tinkering. He's like a low rate Doc Brown. He's like tinkering, <laughs> and he has these these ideas, and he's using all this stuff that's so antiquated. Yeah, like at yeah, the yeah. time, it's like yeah. you know. But once again, that's that's the charm, right? Like that's mm-hmm. the charm of it. It's like this just this guy, and of course, there's right ahead. Oh right? yeah, yeah. So you get you get a little a little yeah. bit of like this, you know, uh, cute, like fun. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm, you know, you have uh-huh. a montage of him. You yeah, know, you're the best. All right. Yeah. <laughs> but like, you get this whole idea of like him back in, in you know college. Yeah. Working on this telepathy machine, and then he's like, "Oh, I have to dig it out." He's like, "I'm." I gotta dig it out, you know. You're like, all it's all, right. drawn, it's all drawn on napkins, like yeah. the Iron Man suit. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I built this. Yeah. Uh, it's like, okay. Yeah, you're like, it's not even napkins. They don't even have napkins. It's like, it's on. Yeah. Parchment. I don't. I don't know what you would, would would say. I think they would have napkins in 1919. That was handkerchiefs, bro. Okay, fine. All right. So the device is the is it's like the it's designed around the principle that uh, thought was a form of this like. Um, like radio, yes, energy, um, like atoms. He said, like atoms spinning in like this. I don't know if it was atoms, but yeah, yeah. And um, <laughs> without thinking about ethics at all, <laughs> without a care, he's like, eh. ethics be damned. Yeah, care. yeah. Well, you know, he's um, white trash. Yeah. Well, that's the, and he's dying. So maybe the, this is a, a very charming story. I, I, all the bad, brutal stuff in there, you can kind of like go. Oh, like an '80s movie. Like that's what it kind of reminded yeah, me of. Like, yeah, you're like, you could see he's trying to get to this place, and yeah. he's like, yeah, this other stuff, whatever. We're yeah. trying to get to this, and we want to be yeah. there with him. So yeah. we just go, no, 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 yeah. no, no, no. I want to see, I want to see this experiment. Yeah, we didn't out. have to go to the part. Hey, he signed this paper so he could weird, I could use my weird shit on him. Yeah, They're like, right. oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, no one cares. Right. So he uh, attached himself with Slater to the device as um, as Slater's there dying. Um, with the device switched on, he received a message from a light being whose experience had been what were transmi- transmitted through Slater's medium, right? So, so what I got from that was like he used him as a bridge to get his mind to connect to his to yeah. go to that 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 realm. Yeah, and then he met the being inside Slater, and like they went on a mission. They did a side mission together. Uh, yeah, yeah, kind of side missions. Um, so yeah, so you get this. Um, they try a few times, right? And then it's like, then they finally get it to occur, and um, there's the weird music that starts playing. Yeah, that's what he gets first, which right? is really cool. Yeah, um, and it's like I haven't looked into it because this is. Honestly, this isn't one of the stories I go back to very often because it's not in the Cthulhu sure. mythos, and it's not. There's yeah. nothing in here that I can sculpt. <laughs> Maybe I should. Maybe I should sculpt the weird, uh, you know, Doc Brown headpiece or a light being. Or a li- well, how do you sculpt that? It's non-corporeal. It's the whole idea. Figure it out, Jason. <laughs> you figure it out. <laughs> um, so, yeah, what if so- I did that? What if I did? I was like, here's a light being. Okay. I'd be, I'd be, I'd be into it. Um, so they have the music, and then visions of it's just, it's this like spectacular like beauty, right? Yeah. It's like on this other side, it's I, I imagine music and and beauty. Yeah, and I imagine it'd be like like you know how space like it's like the compression and everything, mm-hmm. but if you get to those like the pillars of uh, what is it, the pillars of uh, creation, and those like different space bodies mm-hmm. of like. Be- it's just beautiful. I, I just right. like took it to the like they're floating in space where yeah. 
the cosmos is beautiful and they the it's switched on that like yeah where we hear like in space yeah. it's like no it's not that pressure yeah. you're just a being that can appreciate it all right it's 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 above that it's on yeah. different yeah. um i think the whole idea that he brings into here i don't know if it's it's purposeful but the thought is a radiant energy but maybe this other side is also a different wavelength yeah kind of thing that's going on because you know yeah floating in these like you know luminous body type yeah. things and hearing music and it's uh you know it's like oh that's nice yeah, it is nice <laughs> it's like i need a, a buddy he had a buddy yeah when got you got, you got yeah. your you got your your quest buddy yeah you know uh and it's um it's uh it's kind of pure and it is kind of beautiful to the to the idea that it's like well it doesn't matter who it's just another being that you get to be yeah. there with so right. i think that's why um even reading it myself but i've heard i, I th- i'm certain i've heard other people um say that this is kind of like a love story where it's like right. it's the two of them they're just two not to use the phrase again because i said it in the beginning of the episode they're two travelers on the path yeah like but me. they get to do it together yeah and the 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 love story that i i i, I can totally see that yeah is because um through one's interest of trying to find out what's going on with mm-hmm. this guy, yeah, he even says he says you know you're the only one in this space, right, that has ever sought this mm-hmm. out, and now you're my brother in light, yeah, and like you've made it to this other side through and, and it, it seemed like the other entity that was in Slater. Mm-hmm. You know, didn't even care about how or what it did, like how he, he yeah. got there. Yeah, yeah. But it's like you're the only one, and then he starts talking about the time and like where there. Maybe I'll yeah. see you again here. Yeah, and there. So yeah, the love story of it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But what kind of love are we talking about? It's it's an extra dimensional kind of yeah. love, yeah. kind of thing. It's and like I, I think I use love as a word where it's like it's that's 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 the mode to experience all this through is like a mode of love because it's you got the music you've got the the beautiful things it's like anything not of that wavelength like the opposite the bad evil kind of thing it's just not here so the only way you're going to experience this thing is through this like it's just awesome all the time it's a cozy blanket it's it's all this amazing stuff all the things that you want to feel and it's like yo we're gonna go hunt down this dude yes but but, (laughs) then they throw in that um uh, Slater's body had, in fact, been occupied um, all his life by this. I have it described as extraterrestrial entity, but I would almost say ultra-terrestrial ultra terrestrial entity. Because yeah. yes, it is yes. extraterrestrial, but I think that that kind of like um, it doesn't explain it well enough. I think it's more. It points to um, our dimension, which yeah. Well, extraterrestrial means alien to me, so it's like well, that suggests it comes yeah. from a planet, like ultra-terrestrial or. Um, God, just some kind of like other interdimensional, interdimensional. They're here, uh, <laughs> interdimensional beings um, that for some reason has this like burning desire for revenge against the star Algol, the demon star. <laughs> I, like once again, like it's soothing to have a bad yeah. guy. You know, like it's yeah. soothing to know what we're all fighting against, right? Yeah, and like. This, you know, our hero here or our guy finally getting to this other side mm-hmm. through his tinkering and his, you know, he's Geppetto at this point. Yeah, like getting to the other side and like linking up, he's like ready to to throw down. He's like ready to scrap. Like, yeah, let's mm-hmm. let's go find find this demon star. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Um, I also just to go back a little bit. I like the whole idea that when when it starts talking that um, when not shackled to our physical bodies, all humans are light beings. Yeah, you know it's like yeah. even Lovecraft, like militant atheist, he yeah. still wants to come to this idea. Sure, um, where it's like like almost just to the point where like maybe he's not letting himself, maybe he's just entertaining the idea, and he's like. Wouldn't that be wonderful? All this shit that we worry about all the time. Yeah. And then here we are as these light beings. And then he goes on to explain that it's uh, as light beings within the realm of sleep, humans can experience the vistas of many planes and universes which remain unknown to waking awareness. Like, where where did he get that? Especially in this time, right? Um, like- well, I, I, I think that 
A, like we discussed in the last episode, when you when you entertain that notion enough where it's like, you know, I'm a dreamer and, you know, if he was a believer in maybe, you know, all these untapped things within us because each of us contains universes because it's sure. all in here. Yeah. And if you can go in there and it's, you know, yeah, I guess it's essentially, you know, all our life experiences in there and also, you know, hey, maybe it's some of it's genetic or whatever, but the fact that you can just go in there and exist in there and for someone who maybe someone such as Lovecraft maybe found much of the outside world as harsh sure I can see where you can get to this idea yeah you're right because most of what we do as people is Mm -hmm. given and shown to us and like it's like if you don't do that you're weird yeah you know, like, you know, I have like, friends that are like, you know, like, I'm not doing it that way. Mm-hmm. And then they'll get upset if someone's just like, oh, you're weird for that. It's like, and they'll tell me about it. I'm like, why are you weird? You're just, you're just yeah. not doing it their way. Yeah. That's the thing. So someone who is, is his whole life um, reclusive or just not, not in your world. Yeah. In my world. Yeah. You know, he's in his own world. Yeah, I guess yeah that 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 makes all the sense because it's he's spending time self-evaluating and and just evaluating thought and existence and yeah and coming up with you want to say creative mm-hmm. but it's almost like natural yeah for someone like that that just yeah. like this is their world right. this is their thought process this is how yeah it manifests to them. And I think someone like him who was uh, so imaginative, but then also when he was younger, um, when when uh, he was living with his grandfather before, um, you know, all that went away, um, he would spend times and nights. He would just sneak into the, his father, his grandfather's library, and would just read these amazing stories. Uh, you know, he was very um, very taken by like Greek myth and things like that. So yeah. if you think about that kind of okay. like, you know, you look at those old like um, yeah. those depictions of old like Greek paintings and all these like very like, you know. You know, uh, partially nude figures draped in, in in fabric. There's these amazing, beautiful uh, vistas. These these golden creatures. These yeah. you can almost hear the music by looking at it. Right. I think he very much at some time that was his idea to be okay. This is the ideal existence. How do I spend my existence in that idea? This golden, glittering, amazing, beautiful mode. Yeah. Right. And it's it's. It's weird, oh, God. And we get a glimpse of it when we're alive, when we right. dream, yeah. And then maybe there's the idea that, oh well, when once we leave our corporeal forms, we can go to that, whatever that is. Right, and it's so weird. Um, just as how we are as people, um, like we in our we have our own internal clock and our own internal measurements of like trying to comprehend. Okay, fifty years, a hundred years, mm-hmm. two hundred years, and then you go to a point where you're like, you know, I'm like. I'm now I'm like mad at myself for even asking that question of like how did he come to this conclusion it's like uh Greek gods dude like you know yeah. like that but then also I think there's um there's that thing that they talk about um the ideal there's the ideal figure um so in in art history uh or, or any when you're discussing any of that there's the ideal human form but then there's the ideal um design elements there, there's an ideal that was a put, put forth in in Greek art um and I think that if you fill if you fill your head with that as a young child, also mm-hmm. putting that with, hey, here was the best times of my life when I was living with my right, grandfather in right. that house when we had money and things were great. My father was still alive, or yeah. or my and my mother was yeah. still sane, or whatever. The two things go together, yeah. and you'll see this is a theme that that's going to continue later on with stories. There's there's this ideal form or mode of existence that I think he had an idea of, and like here it is, and he probably he probably went there daily, like yeah. to just be like, okay, there it is. See, you you put it in perspective for me a thing like we all have it's on my fourth story, but we all we all have ways of like weighing and measuring ourselves, mm-hmm. and um. It comes out differently, but like this story now seems like it's him weighing and measuring himself uh, with the fascination and stuff, and 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 you're getting a glimpse of of, of someone who's kind of like understanding their place. Where okay. I don't yeah. know which character he is representing. Maybe it's the 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 asylum employee. And trying to understand the other things, right? And then bridging to the point where getting a glimpse of mm-hmm. this 
being a part of this, <coughs> but then he comes back. You know, like that, or I think there could even be a. a I mean, he could be seeing himself in facets of a lot of things here. Sure. I think there's also an idea that maybe okay, here you have this this Slater. Um, his body is degrading and and dying because it's it's the vessel for this yeah, thing. They can't and maybe that's another thing because uh, Lovecraft was a sickly child. Lovecraft was seen as you know not very masculine child right. and and, and I hope your child is a masculine sorry child. I had to do it no. um, so maybe he's also seeing himself here he's like look I have I'm in this and, and I, I can certainly um, relate to this idea where it's like I, to myself I say it a different way but um, in the Lovecraft way it's um, here's this body it's not great but I have this burning thing inside of me. This is the real good thing. Yeah. Um, I have this thing I say about myself, and I've never said this to anybody. I don't know why I'm saying it now, but software is great. Hardware is dog shit. And it's... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's the curse, man. Yeah. So I think, to me, when I read this, that's, that's the point that I hit on. Right what you said there. So yeah. let's look at him as writing about this character yeah. that sees yeah. this. He's like, why is this person... Yeah, blessed with this entity inside of him. Yeah, this bumpkin, this rotted-toothed <laughs> nobody. Yeah, who can spin these yarns when he's he's in sleep, but like, how can I figure? How can I figure out to get into that? Yeah. Right, and then he realizes when he's in, we all have this yeah. inside of us, right? Yeah. So it's that whole it's a feel goody kind of kind of thing. Yeah, and uh, I, I yeah we're gonna get a, a Star Wars quote here. Uh, Luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. I think it's kind of like that. Yeah. So this whole there's this whole other existence in yeah. the universe, and I think this is him putting more forth that whole idea that like to him the dream world which clearly is what we're talking about here is more the real to him because this is where he feels more you know where he can maybe express but also this is where he feels the the real version of himself we have fun function it becomes form at that point yeah because his create the creativity and the writing yeah. and all that that's where it becomes form and becomes yeah. useful whereas in his corporeal form or yeah. his physical form mm-hmm he feels useless. Sure. So on the other side of that, yeah. that's where the power exists, or the brilliance, or just yeah. the overall uh, strength, or just self-realization mm-hmm. that my power lies within. Right. You know, my strength is this... You know, it's not attached to this physical form, it's just my abilities. Right. If that right. makes sense. Sure. No, no. And I think also it could possibly could be perception, too. Maybe people perceive him as this thing that he's not yeah perceive you as oh the you know the, this this bumpkin yeah but in reality he's this extra dimensional light being inside that nobody can see because right. they can't you know i think there's a lot of very personal things here for him sure. in the story and maybe it's not pointed to, to characters but he had to sit down as a person take a pen to paper and write this story so clearly he was trying to say something. He wasn't yeah. doing this... Um, yes, this was published later, but why write this? You know what I mean? Yeah. So clearly he had something he was trying to say here, which in any story. But the last one, he was trying to say something in um, Polaris, and I think that kind of carries over to this one, because I think he was like, yeah, the dream, uh, this is real, this isn't, and maybe I'm stuck in this dream, but then also I forgot, wait, there, what about the what about the, radi- the noble radiance that people have within? Yeah. You know? And it maybe doesn't have to connect to anything divine, but it's just, I think he had to address it. So. Yeah, I, I um, I'm sure, you know, maybe he was just, this is what he was into doing at the time. You yeah. Know? Like, he wasn't trying to crank out stories. It was just... No. This is the one that came, and um, it's... it's When I was like, oh, this is cute or whatever, mm-hmm. it's it's within the realm of brutality that mm-hmm. exists in this story where, you know, he, they call it a, a thing that used to be a man that he, yeah. he beat to death, and running out in the woods and insanity and a body decaying and a, mm-hmm. a guy just trying to reach a level that he wishes he had mm-hmm. through technology yeah 
it is a big mishmash or a big um idea. It's a big idea of all these different um insecurities, maybe. Mm-hmm. But the bridge of all of it being that like once you get to that other side is like when he says to him, you know, we were brothers in light. We're mm-hmm. brothers in light and yeah. we traveled. And like I that was the coolest part for me was when he was like, you know, and he said, well, what's the name of the country in 2,500 years or whatever mm-hmm. it is? Yeah. He's like, right now we're in here, but in 2,500 years it's going to yeah. be G- whatever yes. the name uh, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, okay, so yeah, you're already doing the fact that the dimensional and time being relevant is uh, it's put forth in a charming way. Mm-hmm. Whereas Polaris, it's scary. In this, it's hopeful. Sure. Even when the body's dying and decaying, and then as he dies, he makes a reference to oh, and then he opens his mouth and those fucking teeth. You know, like he <laughs> yeah. excuse me, excuse my language again. But he made the reference to say those teeth were dying again. Yeah. And that's that's a play on the fact that like that spirit had left him. Yeah. Because the last thing is cheeks went rosy yeah. and his lips got pursed like he was focused mm-hmm. and you know he gave his last bit of knowledge or whatever it was or yeah. hope for, for the future and when he passed it was like you're rotting that was the thing yeah. we're all rotting sure and that was the the catalyst was the teeth mm-hmm. to be the emphasis of just how much you're rotting right so you go like he's 40 but his hairline you know we're judging that yeah, like, yeah, yeah. here I mm-hmm. am Mm-hmm. Hardware, you know, <laughs> yeah, but um, that was the fun of it, or not the fun, but like the the the, the warm chicken noodle soup at the <laughs> end of it was like the sure. giving up the ghost. What is the ghost, right? You know, when it leaves you, is it you or is it this other you, yeah, that's some superhero out in space, right? Exactly, and I and and I like that there's actually a visual representation of that. That it's like, okay, here we have this connected device, and you know yeah. we're doing this thing, and like you know, um, it's all in here. So, but um, towards the end, um, the intern, you know, understands and is, or is made to understand that um, the light being would become completely like non-bodied, completely incorporeal, and finally undertake this, you know, this last battle with um, its nemesis uh, near Algol. Yeah. Um, so Slater dies, and then there's no more uh, transmissions. And that night, there's this like huge, like um, supernova in the sky right near Algol, the demon star. And then within a, within a week, it was it dimmed to the luminosity of like an ordinary star. And then a few months, it had come um, completely invisible. So it's like. I, it's almost there's a visual representation like oh did he make did he do what he was going to do so like I guess but then also it's like then there's like that little representation of like you know there's that that, you know they use that that metaphor like oh their star has burned out it's like so it's like it's very like I don't know it's I feel it's it's very sentimental in a way yeah and here's here the sentimental idea is mm -hmm. When he says to him, I'm sorry, and that's the end of the story, right? So, yeah. But but when he says to him, when he says to him, like you're the only person mm-hmm. that has sought me out, maybe that connection was the thing that gave the entity that was in Slater mm-hmm. the like, oh, it isn't you know a moot point, or, yeah, you know, maybe or a yeah. Pyrrhic victory, sure. It was it was like, wow, there is people. There's a reason for me to do this, and that gave you know that entity. The strength or whatever it needed mm-hmm. to complete its mission and yeah. go take care of that star. And yeah. stars are fucking bad guys, apparently. I'm sorry. I, they I, can be. I keep cursing it. Yep. I don't mean to. Yep. But that's it's. It is. It is a. It's a. A wholesome, fun. Romp, filled with horrors. And. uh... It's a new way of looking at the buddy cop genre, I feel. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, it's definitely... Um, 
it's this one it's these dream journeys he's definitely priming us for these dream or dream other dimension through dream kind of journeys which there's going to be more of these that um maybe get a little more successful down the road certainly get more successful down the road but um I like the kernel of this, the one you're talking about, the warm chicken soup, like where yeah. it's like that that's a great idea. Like I like that idea. That's 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 you know, for for the things that come down later, uh in some of his stories, specifically in the Cthulhu Mythos stories, it's like, yeah, that's that's a nice thing to think about, and then you'll see the horrors that come later. Yeah, but, right. Uh, <laughs> but from like what I hear yeah. and what you've said, like this one mm-hmm. was drastically more hopeful because of the other side right yeah yeah we're in all the other things and like it's like yeah. the other side the old ones all these different things that you've told me about yeah and from what i know yeah this one i was like yeah like this is like a almost like a superhero story like this is like a yeah. it's almost like a um uh baddie verse goodie like it's classic like yeah. There's this entity that needs to be destroyed mm-hmm. and the big difference being the the dimensions in which yeah it's fought. Mm-hmm. So this entity when he sleeps is in this body, it mm-hmm. hates it, it needs to go fight this yeah, guy. It's, it's it's the meat battery that yeah, it's inside right. of is being driven crazy yeah. and doing these crazy things. And, and it's like, just, oh god, just let me go. Like yeah. you know, like and yeah. it's told in a super weird way, mm-hmm. but like I feel like it's it is like a superhero thing. Okay. Like, hey, it, that's that's I've never heard that. It's just how I, I feel. But, hey, not that. It's and a that's, super that's wonderful. weird way of doing it. Yeah, but it's like once it's released, once it died, it was like, dude, mm-hmm. I'm free. Thank. Like, before he died, he was like, I'm about to be free because I'm attached to this meat sack. Yeah, and he gave him that last message message of like, yeah. You know, I, once again, I'll say, you're my brother in light. You know, we did this. We're, we're going to travel. Maybe I'll see you again. Maybe I won't. I'm sure. We'll, like, like, the whole thing, it's like, it's that hopefulness yeah. of, of the end. Yeah. Which I was shocked to get. I was shocked to get that from what I know of mm-hmm. Lovecraft and what I read. It was like, it wasn't like a cliffhanger of like, no, it was like, and also the bad guy died. You know, at the end, it was like the bad guy got beat. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if it was him. It was it was a coincidence. The stars no, not burning. It's certainly a way to look at it. Um, but that's why you have these. Um, Lovecraft wasn't didn't set out to try to build initially, and not maybe not even really. But he didn't set out to build like okay, I'm going to build this up. Yeah. Build this up. Here's yeah. these guys, and I'll make this big. It's not the Marvel universe. It's like right. And he has these stories. He's trying things out. So when you look at things in hindsight, it's it's easy to be like, oh well, maybe he was building towards this, or maybe that. It's just. You know this young guy at this point trying some ideas out, yeah. and clearly he has a lot of um, uh, eccentric ideas, but also maybe not so eccentric because you read some of the stuff and it hits You're like oh okay, and they're always I've always maybe there's a few, but there's almost everything I've read of him. There's always some little like oh okay, and I get it on an emotional level, yeah. which you don't think of when you think of H.P. Lovecraft because you, when you think it when before you know about him, you think of oh slimy tentacles and like everybody <laughs> dies and whatever. Yeah. Reanimator. Ugh. Yeah. Well, Hopefully that's we read the actual story. Yeah, I know, but I'm saying <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's oh Lovecraft's uh, yeah, yeah. Lovecraft's immortal. Yeah. Yeah. Immortal classic. Yeah, right. All the boobs in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> nope. <laughs> so no, I actually like I said this this kind of um, the dire pit of my stomach stuff from Polaris. This kind of made me was like ah you know like mm-hmm. get out there. I'll throw a couple you know a couple <laughs> rounds. It it, it was uh, it, it was a nice it was a nice uh, a nice palate cleanser of the doom and gloom. Yeah. Yeah. Being my fourth story, you know, but it, yeah, no, I I enjoyed it. And um, I, what do you think when you think of this burning entity? That's what I wanted to ask you. The the one what do I was, think the bad guy, the baddie. The big I don't, I don't know, and I maybe I don't, and maybe Lovecraft didn't know either. Maybe it's just that um, it's weird. Like, could it be like this? This light creature is one half of an equation 
that has to, he has to travel out into space with this other one to complete that equation. He views it as his nemesis, but maybe it's just this function of the universe kind of thing where, like, he's this thing, but he has to perform this thing, this duty, and that will, you know, that's his, that's his quote-unquote destiny. Uh, or maybe it's just written the way that Lovecraft will write things sometimes where it's just an unknowable thing. Oh, there's these light beings, and I'm this thing, and I've been here for... They don't even say, but, you know, I, and... I have to get out of this body because I have this thing to do, which, you know. Could that star be Polaris? I wouldn't, I would, I would resist connecting these two stories because I don't think he was trying to do that. Right. Okay. Um, maybe, but not the Polaris from the first movie. Uh, movie. For the, from the, from the, the first story we did. Um, excuse me, the, the previous story. Um, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, because like him. You know, destroying that star that yeah. faded out. It's like, could that be the spirit of the other guy that went through? Like, I don't, I don't know. know. I mean, because the the star he's destroying is is Algol, which is um, right, which right. is a different star. Yeah, right, right. But right, right. I, he certainly in this time in this in this time here where he's he's working up to and I, and like I said uh, earlier, it's easy to try to look back at these stories and say, oh, this is where he's building towards this. But I I think you can make that that assumption here because it's. Um, He's building towards um, influence from the cosmos. That's certainly something he's yeah he's he's got that. Like yeah. he's like okay, influence from the cosmos, and that's and it's not particularly um, benevolent. Right. Well, so let's let's say this. Um, my last thought on it: mm-hmm. not connecting them in the way of that's the same star, but connecting in the way of that star. Mm-hmm. So Polaris tormenting the one man, yeah, also bridging the gap to the the other universe mm-hmm. or whatever. But this light being mm-hmm. that's in the dude's John Slater, that star obviously has done some great, you know, misdeed to him. Mm-hmm. Could it be that certain stars are just out to get people? You know, like. I don't know, and I think, and I, and I, I don't know if he. Uh, it might just be me spinning my wheels. It could, but, be, it, it could yeah. be. I don't it think mostly he, stars. I mean, I, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll give you the fast forward. Yeah. Stars, quote unquote, are not, um, you know, uh, sentient beings in his stories later on. Um, okay. The stars themselves. So I could see where you're going, where you're trying to see where this might connect. But I, I, I just. Um, I think he's just going with the whole. We have these, you know, these bodies of light out in the, uh, you know, out in the universe, and we yeah. see them, but they're also here too. Right. So it's like there is this connection between us and the cosmos. Sure. No. Yeah. So. And I get that. I get that. Yeah. So. But it was it was a great adventure. It was. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, we. I, I'm glad you like this one a lot better than. Um, see, no. Once again. I liked Polaris a lot. Just different. But I also hated it because how yes. it made me feel. This one, I yeah. like this a lot, but it also made me feel good. Right. Because of the, the, the there's lovingness in there. I don't know what he was going through at the sure. time. Yeah. And he, he wrote, it was, he had, I hate to say it, but he had, it was pretty. Yeah. The writing became very pretty. Yeah. At, at points. It wasn't like the, yeah. it wasn't beautiful like the, the, the poem from the, the tomb yeah you know yeah but it was he had pretty writing um when when discussing the connection Mm -hmm. from one light being to another which was it was nice yeah it made me feel nice well then (laughs) um yeah i I mean it's i'm glad you know also in 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 going through these stories that um i'm getting to reread them again like you know it it I think I read this one. I probably was in high school, so I haven't read this one in a long time. So, reading it again and redigesting it because back then I, I was probably reading it like, oh, weird, you know, oh, crazy guy has you know creature inside of him, and they use these things on him to yeah. whatever, whatever. But then reading it now, it's like much you can, you know, you have a much more nuanced view of it because you know it's like, okay, well, this is a writer sitting down to write something. It's not yeah. just this. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I had a great time. All right. <laughs> I'm glad you did. 
All right. Well, uh, I say that we'll conclude this episode. Um, next time, join us for uh, the next tale, The Transition of Juan Romero. <laughs> I can't wait. That's a title. That one's a title. It's... it's Yep. <laughs> uh, there's. Uh, I'm just. I'm just looking over here as I, as we're recording. I'm just looking over the chronology of his stories. Um, there are going to be some that there's these f- almost fragmentary stories that I'm leaving out because maybe we can come back to them at a different time sure. or just talk to them on the side. But they're not episode full episode worthy. You know sure. what I mean? It's not sure. enough to, to... There's certain fragments. So um, you could look at his... Um, so, for example, we're doing Beyond the Wall of Sleep today. Um, after this, there's a story memory, and there's also one called Old Bugs. They're not... You know... Full episode. Too. Yeah. So we're going to go... Uh, we're going to skip over those two for now. Maybe it'll be something we come back to later. Um, but uh, the next story we're going to do is a tra- Transition of Juan Romero. And then after that, uh, some classics are coming up. I don't like that smile on your face, buddy. Actually, I do. I love that because you're my brother in light. Ah, and we'll go. We'll go mess up a star. I'll I'll fight a star with you, bro. Sweet, sick, bro. Sick, bro. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So I think that concludes this episode of Learning Lovecraft. Um, I've been Jason McKittrick, and I've been Ken James, and we'll see you on the other side of sleep. (laughs) 